Good morning. So good to to have you here on this uh, Sunday morning in May. We're glad you're here. And for those visiting or watching us on Zoom, welcome. Uh, Just wanted to uh, give you a couple of announcements. First of all, the rose on the altar is in honor of Levi Robert Horse. Um, How how eight eight pounds? Eight pounds, one ounce. Eight pounds, one ounce. Uh, Doing fine, Um, and so congratulations to the Clazacks for one more grandson. Um, We have a ministry council meeting uh, this Thursday at six six thirty. Any other announcements today? Then let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we begin the service, guide us through in our hearts and minds, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that everything that we do will bring honor to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man. You were here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're to this 
time of prayer, I just wanted to let you know that I had the opportunity to go visit my mom uh, this week. Uh, it was a very quick trip. I uh, was able to see her two days. Um, the only problem is the restrictions that are still in place in Georgia. Uh, I only got to see her for 30 minutes, but those are 30 precious minutes that I got to visit with my mom. And she wanted me to tell all of you that she loves you and that she thanks all of you for praying for her. And uh, it was a very, very good visit. Uh, in fact, um, I had mentioned to Christ- Christine, uh, she said, now, don't forget to tell your mom about riding in your PT cruiser. Uh, my mom doesn't like PT cruisers. And the fact that she had to ride with Christine in them, she just laughed. And uh, the other thing I told the Sunday school class this morning is that my mom has asked me before she leaves this planet that I would shave for her one last time. And so when we go back in June, I will shave my mustache and beard for her. So please take your pictures while you can, because that will not happen again. Uh, It's been 20 years since I've shaved my mustache, and so, but for my mom, I I will do so. So it was was a good visit, and um, good to see uh, my sister and, and other family members, and it was good. I, I needed I needed that. So um, we want to also, as we said earlier, praise for Levi. We're glad that uh, Levi is doing well, and they're they're at home now. Correct, Bob? Yes. yes. So we want to keep them uh, in prayer. Any other prayer concerns or praises that are okay? We're going to go here and then here. So. Rebecca? Um, I, I actually have a praise. Um, uh, right now, Lois, uh, she is, on Thursday, she texted me saying that uh, she was able to sit up in her bed for a few minutes, and her oxygen levels were pretty stable. And on Friday, she told me that she was able to sit up in a chair for a few minutes. So, Good. I'm, though she still has a long road to recovery ahead of her, it's still a big step to her recovery. Good. Well, we're glad that she is uh, recovering um, slowly, so we'll keep her in prayer. Jean? I'd like prayers for Ron. He'll see a doctor on Tuesday, and then we'll find out... Um, some answers to our questions. Okay. Well, we are praying for you, Ron, getting answers. I want to thank everybody for their cards, the meals, they're delicious, and also, most of all, your prayers. Thank you, everybody. Well, Joyce, it's good to see you back. Over here. I, <clears throat> yes, I asked for... Uh, prayer again for Julie Shirk. Uh, I heard from her this week and she's doing better. Her oxygen levels are better and everything, but she doesn't have any uh, control of her legs and her feet are numb. So she can't get up and walk or get around. Um, They're hoping maybe through therapy that that will improve, but right now uh, the doctors aren't sure. So she still needs a lot of prayer. She's still in the hospital. Uh, they did think they were going to put her in a nursing therapy place, but
but uh, the police would not accept her insurance. So she okay. also needs uh, prayer for financial help for all the bills. She has been in the hospital now since December 23rd of last year. Um, so please keep Julie Shirk in your prayers. Uh, she has a long way to go. Thank you. Well, we certainly will keep Julie in prayer. Uh, that has been a, a long time. Any other concerns or praises? Amy, anything from Zoom? Okay. Uh, also wanted to share, um, keep uh, Pastor Rob in your prayers. He is preaching today for the first time uh, since his COVID. Uh, and he is coming June 6th to preach here uh, to tell the testimony uh, that, he, that he is actually sharing today. So um, we're looking forward to that. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we come into your presence, as we have gathered to worship you, to praise you, we also want to say thank you. Thank you for the ultimate gift of your son who died and rose again. Through his blood, our sins are forgiven. And now we have the opportunity to be called sons and daughters of God. Thank you for, for your blessings upon us. Though we do not deserve anything, it's because of grace. So Lord, we truly thank, thank you and praise you for that grace. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to visit with family and friends once again. We thank you for new life. We thank you for those that are on the road to healing. We thank you that you are touching lives. We thank you that when we pray that you've heard our concerns for those that are still in the hospital, for those that have a long road, we are in your hands. For those that are seeking answers to questions, those that are praising you for blessings, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that we can come at any time and you are there. So Lord, we lift up our concerns. We lift up our praises. And we pray all of this in Christ's most holy name, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture lesson is from Acts chapter 15. While Paul and Barnabas 
were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers. Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. Finally, the church decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, accompanied by some local believers, to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent the delegates to Jerusalem, and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria to visit the believers. They told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles, too, were being converted. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything God had done through them. But then some of the believers, who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees, stood up and insisted, The Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So the apostles and the elders met together to resolve this issue. At the meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and addressed them as, as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts, and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believe that we are all saved the same way, by the undeserving grace of the Lord Jesus. Everyone listen quietly to Barnabas and Paul as they told about the miraculous signs and the wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. When they had finished, James stood and said, Brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from, from them a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted, as it is written. Afterward, I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will rebuild its ruins and restore it, so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles, all those I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken. He who made these things known so long ago and so my judgment and so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the gentiles who are turning to god instead we should write and tell them to abstain from eating food offered to idols from sexual immorality from eating the meat of strangled animals and from consuming blood for these laws of moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues, in every city, on every Sabbath, for many generations.
So I was going to ask uh, Gloria and Judy, why didn't we sing all 15 verses? Did you know that there are 15 verses to Amazing Grace? One day we might have to, okay, maybe not. We, we might do that at some point. So today uh, in Proclaim Number, um, this is the, the fifth series in the Proclaim, the Gospel, um, as I was reading over this, um, I was thinking back to Martin Luther, um, who posted his um, 95 Theses to the church door, and he wasn't really doing anything new. He was just trying to get the church back to where it was. I mean, he, he stated in point 62, the true treasure of the church is the most holy gospel of the glory and grace of God. I mean, during that time, because most of the service were done in Latin, a lot of people didn't understand what was going on. They didn't read the Bible for themselves. They weren't taught this. And so when Luther put this thesis, the 95 uh, thesis on the, on the church door, he wasn't trying to separate from the Catholic Church, he was just trying to say, we need to get back to what the church was. In fact, he was actually saying what was going on at the Council of Jerusalem. And so this is the debate that was taking place, and it happens here in Acts. Because the question was, how are people saved? It was important then, and it's important now. And so from what we have told is that people are saved by grace, God's grace, an undeserved grace. But what they were finding is that there were certain believers who felt that if you're going to, um, if you're going to become a Christian and that you would have to become a Jew before you become a Christian. In fact, you had to be, as they said, you had to be circumcised before you could actually follow the law of Moses. And what was interesting is that Paul and Barnabas disagreed because, remember Cornelius? We were talking about him. He was a Roman who was a Gentile who came to know Christ, but there was nothing mentioned about him being circumcision or the rest of the household. They were just... They believed, and they came to know Christ. So they started to debate. And they started to debate, and they thought, okay, well, what was clear is that they couldn't agree on everything, and so they said they had to at least, what was the basics? What's What's the very basic of this? And that, first of all, that Jesus Christ was crucified and resurrected. That's the thing that we have to believe. But then what do we have to do after that? If we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if we've repented of our sins, what else do we have to do? Are there, how many steps do we have to go through? None of us became Jewish before we came to know the Lord. We just came to know the Lord. Sometimes people say, well, you have to become a member of the church before you become 
Christian. No, you actually have to become a Christian before you become a member of the church. So now they had to meet in Antioch and they had to say, uh, the council is that we are saved by the grace of God. So what is this grace? We've been talking about the truth and grace in our coffee shop theology. We've um, doing a book that I based a lot of my ministry on as the grace and truth paradox from Randy Alcorn. And there are some incredible stories from that. And one of the stories, um, I guess, comes down to, um, I think we had just talked about this this past week about the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee in... um, was one who was going into prayer and the tax collector was going into prayer. And, it's, and it says this, and I'm paraphrasing, the, paraphr- the uh, Pharisee stood up and prayed, God, thank you, I'm not like other men. Not like robbers or evildoers or adulterers or like this tax collector. I actually pointed him out. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. I mean, what he was doing was saying, hey, look at me. Look how good I am. Look at how wonderful I am. And then the tax collector stood at a distance. He didn't even feel welcome there. He had his face to the ground because he couldn't even look up to heaven. He would beat his chest and say, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified, justified before God. It, to be justified is to be declared righteous. Paul tells us in Romans 4.3, 4, Abraham believed in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Righteousness never comes by faith in itself, but only by faith in God. There was another story about God's grace. Um, and one of these is imagine a, a parent setting a jar on a counter. And every day that the child is good, they get a, a penny in it, or a dime, or a quarter, or something. And then when they're not good, the parent takes some money out. The whole idea is that once the jar is full, you get ice cream. Maybe we should have something like that when I'm... I would, I would never get ice cream. I, I just realized. I, it would... People, oh, okay, if you'd like to buy me ice cream later, I'm not going to be good, but at least you could. But the, the whole idea is that you... You know, but imagine that day when the kids come home and they're fighting and they're screaming and they're crying and they're, they don't want to do their chores and there's rules that they're broken, they're, they're ignored, it's total chaos. And the jar is empty, but the parent calls them in and says, 
Because I love you, let's go get ice cream. That's what grace is. In fact, there's a book called Eric Says Sorry. There's an illustration of Eric who breaks a neighbor's flower pot. And after a series of mishaps, he finally confesses to his dad. So his dad takes him to the store to buy a new one, and, and Eric takes out his money, all that he has, but it's not enough. He tells his dad, he tells him, his dad tells him not to worry that he has paid for it all. Thanks, Eric said, but I don't deserve it. Dad says you're right. Because no one's perfect. That is a lesson called grace. So what is this rule that they were talking about of not... Um, I don't, excuse me, I just lost my place. There was something that they had said for, to the believers to abstain from eating food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, don't eat meat from strangled animals, or not consume in blood. Understand that that was not that you're going to be saved. There was just things for you not to do, and we still do that. We still have things that we tell people you shouldn't do. It's not that they don't get saved. It's just this is... Just things that you shouldn't do. One of the things of eating food offered to idols is that you don't want to cause someone else to fall. And some of this is actually to do, you know, the meat of strangled animals and consuming blood was a health thing. And sexual immorality, they already know that once you get into that, you fall from God. And so, it, but doesn't mean that you're going to be saved if you do this. It's just these are things that you ought to do. So it's not like we can keep all the rules of the law of Moses because we cannot bear that. So we have to, free, we have to face a choice. We can either earn God's favor and approve as being good as we can, or to respond to his love and grace, knowing that if we fail, he loves us. And there's grace that helps us to trust that everything's going to be okay. One of the things in Randy Alcorn's book that we were studying is, he says Righteousness never comes by faith in self, but faith in God. The religious leader believed in himself, giving no mercy. The tax collector believed in God, begging for mercy. So when you boil life down to basics, Randy says, there are two kinds of people. Sinners who admit their sin, and sinners who deny it. And Randy asked, which kind are you? He puts a a thing in his book also about the different religions. Hinduism gods are many and impersonable. Christianity 
God is one and personal. Buddhism offers no forgiveness or divine intervention. Christianity offers forgiveness and divine intervention. In Judaism and Islam, men earn righteous status before God. Through doing good works in Christianity, men gain righteousness only by confessing their unrighteousness and being covered by God's merit. And here's, here's the thing that I love the most. Every other religion is man working his way to God. Christianity is God working his way to men. God constantly pursues us because he loves us. He sent his son to die for us, and we, out of response, should accept this undeserved grace. For you and I are all equal. He has no favorites. We have talked about that. He loves us, and we don't deserve heaven. None of us. But through Jesus' death and resurrection, for the blood that covers many of our sins, we have. And the only thing that he has asked us to do is repent of our sins and to live a life that we are coming to be like Christ. Had the opportunity to talk to mom um, this last trip to, to make sure where where she was on her faith again, because that's just, I wanted to know. So I said, Mom, do you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Yes, son, I pray that every day. See, if, I think most of you know my mom has had a stroke, and so her left side is paralyzed, and she's bedridden, and yet she's in good spirits because she knows that people are praying for her, and that she constantly prays. Think about being in a room 24-7. She, they've lost her glasses, so she can't really see, but she's just happy. It's all about the relationships. That's why all the nurses love her. In fact, if when I ask to go visit my mom, they go, oh, Miss Hilda. Everyone else there is the first name, but Miss Hilda. She has earned respect from people. And my mom does not deserve heaven either. But she gets it because she accepted Christ. Christ. And praise each and every day. And so for us, what's holding us back? What, what, what is it that's holding us back from giving it all to Christ? We cannot keep the rules that are in place, but we can keep the grace in our heart. Now, that doesn't mean that because of grace that we lower the standards of holiness uh, And Randy Alcorn says, Jesus doesn't lower the bar, he raised it. You've heard it said, do not commit adultery. Jesus says, do not look with woman in lust. A home full of grace is also full of truth. Because grace doesn't make people less holy, it makes them more holy. 
Grace doesn't make people despise or neglect the truth. It makes them love and follow the truth. Far from a free pass to sin, grace is a supernatural empowerment not to sin. So when we talk about the truth and grace of Christ, we're talking about the truth, his word, but the grace that's from him. And they have to be both. So again, what are you holding on to? What is holding you back from living a life of faith? Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we, we know that we don't deserve it. We know that through all of this, things that are going on in the world, we sometimes lose hope and faith. And so, Lord, forgive us. We come back to you. So, Lord, forgive us when we've let other things get in our way. Forgive us when we have not lived as you've asked us to do. Because you have given us grace does not mean that the bar is lowered, but it is raised. But that your truth is not so hard that it's a burden. So, Lord, help us to live a life of truth and grace. We ask this in Christ's most holy name. Amen. So what is holding us back? Today in Sunday school lesson, the king uh, that we were talking about, um, we, we couldn't understand whether it was pride, arrogance, or stubbornness. Maybe it, maybe it was all three. Because the king thought he could do it on his own. So what's holding us back? What should we say, okay, God, here it is. Maybe you need to think about it. Because sometimes, like this, it's between you and God. So think about that. Think about that this week. What is it that's holding you back from saying, okay, God, here it is, to live a life that's holy. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, help us come to terms for for what is holding us back and to release it, release it to you. Guide us now, each and every day. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
Let us, let us pray. Gracious Lord, as we leave here today, fill us with the truth and grace of Jesus Christ so that we live by examples. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.